Hear our gospel read to us today, spoken from the ninth chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 51. And as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him, but the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. And as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And Jesus said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And then Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. I invite you to pray with me the prayer, the Holy Spirit prayer, in our time of meditation together this morning. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I find this gospel account today to be quite timely for the occasion of what we are celebrating this weekend here at Mount Olive. Last night, we uh, celebrated the sacrament of holy baptism. A young two-year-old boy by the name of Josiah was baptized here last night. And in just a few moments, these four young adults are going to come up here to the front of the church And they are going to reaffirm their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior in their life. That sacrament of holy baptism that we experienced and witnessed last night and this rite of confirmation and this reaffirmation of faith that's going to be witnessed here today before our eyes, these are two intentional acts of faith affirmation. And when I think about these two acts of faith affirmation, what's really happening here is that this is now the beginning for Josiah and his parents and those godparents, and it is now the beginning for Lily and Madeline and Emilia and Athena. It is a beginning of a continuation of a journey that you've already been on. And that journey involves a lot of things. It involves trust. It involves faith. 
It's a journey of discernment. It's a journey that will involve learning and growing. It's a journey that, in a certain sense, is a daily surrender to the grace and the mercy of Christ. It's a journey that will involve humility and being receptive to the grace of God in your life and to be open to hearing and receiving the acceptance of Christ's forgiveness every day in your life. This journey that this family who had their child baptized last night, this journey for Josiah, and this rite of confirmation that's happening today is another beginning, it's another beginning in our lifelong path with the one that actually makes this journey possible. Because our faith journeys, I think one of the things that we need to remind ourselves of, and that's why you come here every weekend, is because you are reminding yourself that this faith journey that you are on, it's only been made possible, and because you say that you follow Jesus, that's only made possible because, because God became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And in our gospel reading today, Jesus knew what his purpose was. Jesus always knew that in order for him to fulfill the purpose that he was meant to do, becoming one of us, is that he needed to travel to Jerusalem. And it was at Jerusalem where he would suffer and that he would die for you and for me and for the sake of the entire world. It's in Jerusalem at the cross of Calvary that the words from John 3.16 become a reality. It is at the cross of Calvary in Jerusalem where the words from John 3.16, God so loved the world that God gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Because Jesus dying on that Christ, on that cross, he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world through his sacrifice. And not only did Jesus redeem us and save us at the cross of Calvary, but God also said that emphatic, absolute no to death. And he said, death will no longer have the last word. And God proved that by raising Jesus up. Raising Jesus up to resurrection life. And that Jesus now lives and it makes it possible for you and I to share in that same resurrection life that Jesus has and that we will have. You know, as I've thought about those people that Jesus encountered on this journey, on this road, these varieties of people that came up to Jesus and said that they will follow him. I'll follow you wherever. And Jesus encountered another man and said, follow me. And yet another person comes up and says, I'll follow you, but first let me go and say goodbye. You know, I'm not sure that those people really knew what they were actually saying when they said, I will follow you. Little did they know, little did they know 
that that journey that they were going to be on with Jesus, it was going to be a journey that involved sacrifice. It was a journey that was going to involve suffering. And for some of them, it was even going to involve dying for the sake of following Jesus. And I think another one of the things that it means for us as we make that daily choice to follow Jesus, or we're called each day to follow Jesus, that we need to remind ourselves that it involves a life of humbleness. And as our lesson from Galatians today said, one of the greatest things that we can do is that we can love one another as God has loved us. You know, and that's not easy. I don't know about you, but I, I have my days. I've had a lot of these days. Probably not as frequent as perhaps they used to be, but I have my days when I really don't know for sure what it actually means for me when I say I believe or that I will follow you, Jesus. And I have always been a firm believer in what Martin Luther says when he says that I cannot by my own understanding or reason come to believe or to even have the ability to say I believe. But yet it's that Holy Spirit that keeps coming into me and keeps coming back day after day after day and keeps calling me and makes it possible for me to actually say the words, I believe and I will follow you. And I think for me that the word that fits most, it, it's, it involves a daily surrender. It's a daily surrender to that grace and that love and that mercy that's only possible because of what Christ has done for us. We literally surrender ourselves to receive that grace and that mercy every day. Another one of the things, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Martin Luther today because this is the rite of confirmation. This is the stuff that we've talked about over these last couple of years. Martin Luther wrote in his explanation of the Apostles' Creed, he said that this call, when we call Jesus Lord, now I'm looking at you confirmation students, but I'm looking at you all as well, that to call Jesus Lord, Martin Luther says, we remind ourselves daily that he has redeemed me a lost and condemned human being that Jesus has purchased and freed me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the evil one. And he has redeemed me with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. And that he has done all of this in order that I may belong to him and serve him in eternal righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. I know for me it involves that daily surrender to God's grace and to have the humility to do that. I'd like to think that one of the things that might be one of the best things that we can do when we wake up in the morning is to either have it written down or maybe you've already got it memorized and you don't even have to write it down. Maybe one of the best things that we can do every single morning is to start off by repeating the first two verses of Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. 
Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious was that, that grace appeared the hour I first believed. I believe that every single morning is another hour of first believing. Every moment, every day that we wake up and we get out of bed, that first hour is another hour for us to say, to receive the grace of God into our lives and to make it possible for us to believe. One of my commentary sources, Michael Rognes, well-known name in the Lutheran circles, especially in the upper Midwest. Everybody in the Midwest knows who Michael Rognes is. He expresses our daily walk with Jesus in this way. He says, these verses jar us into asking, how are our lives different as followers of Jesus than what they might have been otherwise? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what your life might be like right now if you had not become a follower of Jesus? Have you even began to imagine what that life might have been like? And that's what he's saying. He's saying that these verses before us today are jarring us and asking ourselves the question, how are our lives different as followers of Jesus that we might, how they might have been otherwise? And then he goes on and he says, I remember a bumper sticker asking, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I think what that really means is that following Jesus means living in ways that we might not otherwise live. As I, over my life, have absorbed the gospel message, as I have read and heard this word, this treasure, I am more and more convinced that Jesus is continually, he is continually making the point that you and I, we cannot save ourselves. No matter how hard we try to follow Jesus, we will falter, we will stumble, and we will fall. It really, truly is all about being saved by grace through faith. Again, one more quote from Martin Luther, just for the sake of our confirmation students today. Martin Luther himself makes this confession. He says that the treasure of God's word has the opportunity to come into our lives each and every day. That amazing grace, the hour that I first believe. And yes, even, Martin Luther says, even the preacher is just one sinner amongst many, that I and you, we are all simply clay vessels carrying that same treasure of God's word. God's word takes up no unique divine language, but rather clothes itself in what seems all too human and too foolish to accomplish such great things. Nevertheless, both prophet and apostle profess the same, that the word of God endures forever. So as you and I contemplate each day, what it means for us to follow Jesus, we openly acknowledge and we confess that we all fall short of the glory of God and that we all are just one sinner amongst many. And yet, our fragile clay vessels, every one of us, our fragile clay vessels carry the treasure of God's word. And because of that, we take on a new identity each and every day that hour that we first believed. 
That happens every single day. And we have a Lord and Savior who has made an everlasting covenant with us like we witnessed last night in this holy baptism, who's made his home with us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is telling us to live each and every day in my grace. Follow me and always be open. Always be open to the question and the possibilities of what is God doing in your life today. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.